welcome to the ALN podcast series. If you like what you're hearing, you can find this and other podcasts, videos, papers, and more at assetleadership.net. Today's episode is brought to you by the Andrew James Advisory Group. AJAG provides training in the ISO 55000 standard, and our world-class training qualifies students to take the ALN A55K certification exam, an industry recognition of an individual's knowledge of the standard. Certified individuals add value to any organization's asset management initiatives. Realizing your ISO 55000 vision need not be painful. Visit us at www.andrewjamesadvisory.com to see how we can help. Now, enjoy the podcast. Okay. Hello and welcome. Thank you all for being here on this Thursday. Uh, I'm Nick Kenoki, and today we are going to hear from Mike Bordenero, Lindsay Ziegler, and Stephen Holland. Uh, before we get underway, I just want to thank our sponsors. We have our organizational members, and then our patron sponsors, ABS Quality Evaluations and Onuma System. Uh, this month, ABS Quality Evaluations is our sponsor for this ALN Thursday at 4 program. Uh, and so let me just say a few things about ABS. ABS Group provides comprehensive engineering and risk management solutions that support safer, more reliable assets and operations for multiple international markets. It was recently named to the Forbes list of America's best management consulting companies and is launching a suite of services to assist organizations reach ISO 55001 certification. Through its subsidiary, ABS Quality Evaluations, the company follows ISO and IEC 17021 accreditation uh, requirements for certification bodies to ensure a separation of consulting and certification services. Last month, ABS Quality Evaluations was audited by the ANSI National Accreditation Board who recommended continuous accreditation towards 11 ISO management system standards, including ISO 55001. Through its combined offerings and business assurance models, ABS is well qualified to assist private organizations, institutions, and government improve their overall business performance by identifying and reducing risks, building trust in the marketplace, ensuring quality of products or services are meeting expectations, and improving overall mission success. To see more, visit abs-group.com and abs-qe.com. And I'll pass it off to Mike Bornero who needed to unmute himself. So, sorry for that delay. Um, we've got a very special uh, presentation today. It's our first Thursday at four panel. And we're gonna be talking about the concept of establishing a profession called asset management or property management. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about that in a recent paper. Uh, and uh, it's something that uh, Steve Holland has been interested in, and it's something that Lindsay Ziegler has been supporting. So before we start talking, let me say a few things about our guests. Steve Holland is the principal of logistics and property management at the Logistics Management Institute. He is an ALN A55K professional certification owner. He's certified professional property manager and a certified federal fleet specialist and a consulting fellow at the National Property Management Association where he is currently serving as the Director of Legislative Affairs. 
And Lindsay is a principal with the Andrew James Advisory Group. She runs the training for the ALN A55 Professional Certification Training. See the connection here? She has extensive experience in consulting for financial management and business management and has a master's from Duke where she earned top honors. And personally, I can say it's a pleasure working with her. So um, let's start uh, by talking with Steve. Steve introduced this concept of uh, having a federal occupational career service for property management. Steve, what's your thoughts behind that? Mike, thank you uh, for the opportunity. Uh, my thoughts behind that are, uh, I realized that there were really uh, two uh, federal occupational series for that were relating to property. That was the GS 1103 and 1104, which are industrial property management specialists for the 1103 and the plant clearance officer for 1104. But that's what really, was that? What kind of clearance officer? Plant clearance. Plant um, clearance. Okay. It's regarding disposal. And um, that is really related to government property that's in the possession of a contractor where the government officials that are uh, 1103s or 1104s, they're working with the contractors. Um, one, the 1103s are performing the property management system analysis of the contractor's property operations and the plant clearance officer is working with uh, the contractors to uh, review their plant clearance schedules and provide disposal instructions uh, on what they're to do with the government property that that is owned by uh, DOD because those but that's not a, that's not a very holistic approach to property management it's just the tail end that's correct, and, and, and it only relates to government property in the possession of contractors. So the holistic view would be to also cover what uh, government property is in the possession of federal agencies and having an occupational career series that would support a, uh, an agency property officer uh, an accountable uh, property officer, a property management officer, and a custodial property officer, so that they're all working together on a particular agency's uh, property property program. Um, and, and that way you have the right people in the right classifications with the right competencies to do the job as opposed to a federal officer being delegated the responsibility for uh, a property management role and that person not having the technical competencies uh, for the position. And for the record, Steve, will you tell us what an occupational career service means and if this designation does eventually happen, what is the implication of that? Well, I think what, what the op Occupational Career Series is, is part of the Office of Personnel Management's uh, personnel structure, because they have different classifications for job positions that uh, are 
designated by under the general schedule. Uh, so that's where the GS comes from. So an 1103 is an industrial property management specialist. Uh, and again, the 1104 being the plant clearance uh, specialist. But I never see, haven't seen anything yet for the other uh, property uh, classifications that relate to agency property. And the thing is, the impact is that if there were a um, personnel classification for property management related positions uh, on the federal agency side, then uh, I think it would enable agencies to achieve an unmodified audit opinion much quicker than um, what's happening currently. Yes, there are federal agencies that have that, but there are some that are still struggling. And I think that may be due to uh, agencies not having people that are certified uh, and with the right competencies. So if there is a occupational career service for uh, federal property management, then there would be requirements from the Office of Personnel Management that says, in order to fill this position, you have to have X, Y, and Z, or the equivalent in experience. There'd be some structure for what that role entails. Right, and I think too that they would have different levels within those career series. So just for example, GS 1103, maybe they have the GS 5, 7, 9, 11, and 13. Uh, and then maybe once you go above 13, you're put into a more of a supervisory or program management uh, career series uh, because you may be managing a property uh, program that has all of these federal employees in the uh, property management related occupational series. And then, um if there was this uh, career um, uh, service, then there would be um, requirements for training and education, perhaps. That's what you're talking about, the different levels. As you got more education and training, you could move up the levels. Uh, yes, absolutely. And I know, like, from a D uh, DOD perspective, the Defense Acquisition University, they have various training courses that support the uh, GS-1103 and 1104 uh, career series uh, so that they can progress up, you know, the uh, scale, so to speak, within that career series. Are you familiar with any um, career service uh listings for facility management? There is, and I believe it's the GS1460 series. It's on the uh, OPM website. There's an occupational uh, classifications handbook. Uh, and there's there are many uh, career series that are listed in that. And yes, I did look yesterday and there is one for facilities professionals as well. And uh, we have heard that there's approximately 1.5 trillion spent on facilities by the federal government every year. 
and that there's 1.7 trillion spent on personal property. So there's career service guidance for 1.5 trillion, but there's very little guidance for how to manage 1.7 trillion. Wow, that's a big number. Yes. And I think as a property management professional, we need to do uh, what we can to help further the profession as well as you know, help uh, agencies uh, manage property better. And, and along what comes with that is, you know, the better you are, the, you know, the, the quicker that you would most likely get to a, an unmodified clean audit opinion on the financial statement audit. Because that's where the rubber meets the road. Um, you know, the property plant and equipment line is one the line item on a balance sheet that property managers uh, should be really looking at. And I think that uh, dollar figure for each agency is probably second to uh, personnel salaries. So it's like the number two thing. And Steve, we've been talking about this for a while, and you've told me some pretty scary anecdotes. Can you share what you've seen on a regular basis about people who have been promoted to property management? Well, I, I've seen, you know, there are, there are many folks that uh, are uh, basically thrown into the property management career and they're learning as much as they can, as quickly as they can, kind of like, you know, operating through the fire hose um, but if we can grow people, you know, from the start, say the young uh, folks coming out of college uh, to get into this uh, profession, I think uh, there's a lot of things that they can benefit from and, and also including, you know, the ISO 55000 uh, certification, which I thought was extremely valuable to me because it really opened up my uh, aperture, so to speak, being a camera bug, um, is that, you know, it's not just personal property. It's real property. It's infrastructure property where you have bridges, dams, roadways, railways, you know, uh, central uh, plants that operate a whole campus, uh, along with, you know, internal use software. Those are the, you know, the infrastructure this kind of part of the plant, part of PP&E, um, and internal use software is in there, and then you have the personal property piece. Well, all that combined into PP&E is a big number on the balance sheet. Well, that's a, a very high compliment for somebody who's been in property management for more than, I'll just say more than 30 years, Steve. We don't want to. We'll just say a minute. Yeah. <laughs> So for you to say that the training course really helped you open up, that's a perfect segue into uh, asking Lindsay about her experience with the government, uh, federal government executives who have been dealing with it because there is a movement already to be educated and trained in you know, advanced asset management techniques. And Lindsay, will you tell us about some of the federal executives that have taken the course with you? Well, mostly what we have dealt with have been people um, like Steve who have 
are operating at very high level um, consulting within the federal government. But we have also had a number of mostly um, officers in the military. Um, I've been asked not to specify which branch. Um, and uh, a lot of really good um, interest and participation from those folks as well. And, and what we have found um, with, with all of those people and with uh, people who are uh, senior folks in the ALN who are former government people, um, they can all see the vision of how ISO 55,000 can really assist in getting a handle on the, the various levels of managing assets. Because um, when we do the training, we're actually teaching the standard itself. And the standard deals with the strategic and tactical levels primarily. And it doesn't deal with the operational levels. I mean, you, you'll see mention in 55,002 of some key performance indicators like uh, mean time between failures, mean time to repair, but they don't actually do, may have any requirements related to those things. The requirements in the standard are to understand at a strategic level what you want to accomplish as an organization and how your assets then can trickle down to support what your organization is accomplishing. And I think in the training, what we found is that's kind of an eye opener. Um, people have a tendency to, to kind of look at that and say, oh, well, I never, never really thought of that. Um, we've gotten a lot of really positive feedback. I've, I've heard, I've heard also similar to Steve, people who are very experienced saying that they learned a lot through the course. And that's, that ties into what Steve was saying is that there can be a tiered approach to this. And the asset leadership network is meeting uh, some of the require, uh, training requirements for leadership, but then there's still plenty of hands-on um, training for the operational side that people can start with or get later, so. Absolutely, so, I mean, you know, we can, one of the ones that we tend to, tend to mention is the IAM um, and NPMA, both provide some really stellar training at those lower levels. But it's our opinion that even if you're an entry level person, just understanding the theory of top down and alignment all the way up and down the organization is gonna help you do your job better. And uh, an example maybe I could give you is um, one of the ones that we use in the class. Uh, you have a piece of equipment that cost a half a million dollars and it is getting to the point where it either needs to be replaced or it needs major rehab. But first you need to ask the question, is this piece of equipment still the right piece of equipment to perform the job? And is the job that it's performing still critical to the organization? Steve, and that's where that alignment comes in. Sorry, go ahead. Right, so that, that uh, talks to the different levels uh, that could be established um, to 
structure an occupation uh, service uh, profession. Steve, uh, you wanted to make a comment? I, I think, you know, um, I'm a firm believer of everything is connected. Uh, not really by the little dots behind my you know, background, but <laughs> really, um, I think ISO 55000 can be a game changer. Um, the thing that really caught my attention is when we got to leadership and support of uh, the shall statements that requires top management, i.e. the agency director or the company CEO supporting the asset management system and providing support, uh, whether that be personnel or financial uh, to the uh, asset management or property management program um, because as we all know, it's not a problem until it's a problem, then it's a really big problem, you know, and you, I, I just hate to see us, you know, get to that point. Why don't we kind of build things in uh, instead of getting buy-in sometime down the road? Um, but your, your, co your comment really makes me think about what we're going to be doing with our upcoming infrastructure investment. And Jim Dieter has really made a strong point of saying we can't do it the same way we've done before. Otherwise, we don't get the same results. And he talks about building in a, um, a budget for maintenance, ongoing maintenance, 2 or 3% that has to be by legislation part of it. And your suggestion to establish an occupational career service ties in with that because you need to have the leaders in place to know how to marshal the will to keep things maintained. We know how to maintain it. That's right. not the issue. It's marshaling the will for the bridge, the road, the, the pipes, the gas electric that goes with it too. It's you know complex, but we've got to address it. You also have to build into the budget. One of the key things is, and whether it be on the federal side or on the contract side, you've got to build in the budget for disposal. You know, you can't just take it out of hide all the time. It's got to be budgeted appropriately. And okay, if you don't use all of that funding, you know, but you could probably, you know, use it for something else, but it needs to be there when you're going to dispose of something. And if they're so it, essentially, you have to and think about the entire asset life cycle. And if there's an occupational career service management. Sorry, go ahead, Mike. Right. And what I was saying is uh, career occupational uh, service, then there would be leaders who understand that disposal needs to be part of it. Yeah. So, I mean, from a property management standpoint, you know, coming up through the ranks on the contract side, 26 years with Lockheed Martin, you know, you're constantly working with contract managers to get the government COs to recognize that they have to put in budget into the contract so that you can dispose of uh, what they are telling you to, to do regarding their property. You know, so it's it's been an age old 
issue, but I'm, I'm always, you know, a uh, proactive and, you know, uh, optimist so that we can do this up front and try and mitigate, you know, problems down the road. So there's a question here uh, that's, that says, uh, yes, the career service requires education. What's happening on the university level to help with education? And Steve, I think you can comment some about that. I know you're in discussions with, uh, uh, with uh, uh, as an NPMA supporter and a supporter of the Andrew James Advisory Group training. Uh, can you tell us what's happening there? Sure, um, I can tell you on two aspects. From a company perspective, everyone on our property management team is uh, uh, encouraged to take training, whether that be through the National Property Management Association, getting the technical government property uh, training, or from a strategic perspective, uh, getting uh, ISO 55000 certification through ALN and the uh, Andrew James Advisory Group. And we were uh, extremely successful uh, on both uh, uh, sides. Uh, I believe we had six people certified through NPMA and a large number of folks. I don't know if you want me to. I want to say 49, Steve. Uh, I want to say 45. Because initially it was 46. Yeah, somewhere in the mid 40s. Um, you know, 40 certified people. And I just think it, it's uh, an avenue that we can look at things holistically from an LMI perspective, uh, since our mission really is to improve the management of government. And we've got folks. So what about the, what about your activity with uh, Cal Poly? That's what I was asking about. Oh uh, yeah, Cal Poly, uh, that's near and dear to my heart, um, is I, I've built a strong relationship with Dr. John White, who's a professor at Cal Poly Pomona, uh, the College of Business Administration, and the, his students are in the Society of Law, Contracts, and Property Management. And we just had a symposium uh, on the 22nd, 20th, sorry, the 20th, Tuesday the 20th, uh, which was uh, widely uh, attended and got a lot of great comments. Uh, there were several, uh, professionals within MPMA, some of my uh, consulting fellow colleagues uh, presented, and as well as uh, one of Cal Poly's alumni, uh, Ms. Sabrina Wynn, who is a uh, LMI employee now and certified um, uh, A55K professional through ALN um, and also through NPMA. Uh, so I always call her my first round draft pick. Um, but, uh, really a lot of bright folks there in Dr. Wyatt's class. And just as that interaction with the students, is a, it's a great feeling. We are, we are trying to um, give them uh, our knowledge so that they can you know, appreciate the property management profession and really, it's both from the contract side that they're learning about in law, as well as the strategic side through uh, 
ALN and the A55K certification program. And, and Lindsay, I know you, uh, Steve invited uh, you and the Andrew James Advisory Group into the discussions with Cal Poly. What, what are some of the plans uh, there? Well, our short-term plan is um, I'm in the process of putting together a panel discussion. Um, Dr. Wyatt has a summer session planned and we will have a brief panel discussion about an hour to introduce the students there to the concepts of ISO 55000 and why it can benefit them in their careers and also why it can benefit their employers because that's two sides of the coin. Yes. Um, so we're, we're working on um, ways and means of getting this training down at the uh, collegiate level. Um, we're looking at the, the really dedicated students like the ones in his society for it's uh, law, contracts, and property management. Is that right, Steve? SLCP. Okay. Um, and these, these, are, these are the... the best and the brightest among the students there, they are people who can really benefit from something like this additional training that gets them uh, able to make a running start and makes them more attractive to organizations like LMI and other organizations that are doing uh, federal consulting. Excellent. So you're working together to explore introducing a career occupational service in the federal government. You've worked well together in terms of training uh, the supporters uh, of federal uh, agencies, and you're working together to help the universities continue to prepare people. So thank you so much for your efforts in helping to educate and train and prepare uh, professionals who can help manage this $1.7 trillion of federal property better. Thank and you. I think it's, yes, Nick. I, I think it's our hope. Nick, are you interrupting us? I, I no, was go just, ahead, Lindsay. Let's let Lindsay and Steve uh, uh, have their final uh, comments and then we'll okay. go. Okay, sure. I think it's our hope that um, once we get this established at Cal Poly and figure out how to make that work in a university environment, um, it's our hope that we can extend that to other universities around the country and possibly even around the world. I'm, I'd have to brush up on my French before I could teach it in French, though. <laughs> well, Lindsay, I have all the faith in the world in you. The class that I was in that you taught was just totally fabulous. Thank you, Steve. I really appreciate that. Really helped. You were totally fabulous. And, and I tell you, well, you can't teach an old dog a new trick, you know? <laughs> Uh, I really uh, benefited from it. I'm glad to hear that. Hey, Nick. Awesome. Well, I just wanted to uh, say thanks again to our presenters today, Stephen Hahn and Lindsay Ziegler, Mike Bordenero for putting this together as usual. And then I just wanted to quickly thank ABS Quality Evaluations for sponsoring this month of ALN Thursdays at 4. Uh, learn more about ABS at abs-group.com or abs dash qe.com uh, and then yeah thank our other organizational members and patron sponsor onuma system uh, and with that i would just brief plug for next thursday we have chris lyles uh, may 6th and we would love to see you all here and hear from you in comments questions and other feedback 
Chris is with the Western Area Power Administration, and he was an asset manager. Now he's a vice president. So he's leading the efforts there. And the Western Area Power Administration has total support from its CEO, Mark Gabriel, who is presented with the ALN. So next week is going to be very interesting. And Steve and Lindsay, we've got one question. It's mainly for Steve, but I think uh, if you've got time, it will initiate discussion with Lindsay too. Sure. Okay. okay. Uh, Steve, can you share any insight on how LMI A55K certified folks applied their knowledge, whether or not the organization they're advising is specifically interested in ISO 55,000 for their organization or not? Can you share some uh, uh, anecdotes about uh, the value that uh, your people have gotten? Well, I think uh, it has really helped in the way that we communicate during this uh, you know, COVID environment because we are, uh, within the 45 people, we were spread out throughout logistics, and that's in supply chain, uh, infrastructure, energy, and environmental um, management and advisory services and the uh, maintenance, distribution, and operations. But then, too, the, uh, we have other service lines within the uh, company that we've got folks across all the service lines, and we're communicating so we can address uh, uh, issues and have discussions of from an infrastructure perspective, from an IT perspective, from a logistics perspective slash supply chain. You know, and it even gets down into the maintenance and distribution and operations of a uh, of a program or a, uh, an agency's mission. Uh, so we're really looking forward to being able to uh, help federal agencies with developing their strategic asset management plans, uh, because there's uh, there's a lot of bright folks within LMI that really take it to heart when they uh, are working to help make a difference within a, uh, a client's organization. Excellent. I mean, a lot and, of then, and then can I personalize that and ask you personally, since you've taken the training, how have you seen yourself using or, or working or saying things differently? Well, uh, one particular thing is when I saw the top management piece, that really uh, drove me to write what I call it the, a tone at the top memorandum that uh, really drives uh, uh, property accountability throughout the asset management uh, life cycle, um, supporting the reporting to the financial organization so that the balance sheets can be correct um, and really hone in on the training aspects uh, for uh, people and their competencies so that uh, holistically it can drive um, improvements to an overall property management program. And because the thing is you have to have the right people 
with the right property at the right place at the right time in the right condition suitable for use when the mission needs it. And if, if you don't know what it is or where it's at, you know, it's just not a good thing. And I just think of the ventilators that had to go, you know, for, for COVID out to California and the things weren't even, uh, you know, in a usable condition. That makes a property manager cringe, you know? So I think by looking at this holistically from the top down, you know, we can do this together as a team. So uh, one of the things that ISO 55000 has been uh, heralded as is breaking down silos. And it seems like you're using your training and understanding of that to do that breaking down of silos. Absolutely. Lindsay, have you had any feedback from students talking about this is how we used it or any uh, insights uh, after the fact perhaps? Um. Not as much, no. Um, actually, a lot of uh, I have had a lot of feedback from uh, from Steve, and also from um, Alex at LMA, Alex Berenblit. Yes. Um, who is uh, he is a, a phenomenal promoter of ISO fifty five thousand within the organization, mm -hmm. um, and he's really what got got LMI started down this path, I think. Mm -hmm. um, well, I know no, that not, he's not a whole lot of after the fact feedback. I probably should do a better job of following up. Oh, with no, I was just asking. I uh, Since you mentioned Alex, I know that he is applying his uh, uh, training and experience at uh, NASA, which is upping their asset management game. Right. And, and another thing, too, it has even transponded into discussions with our infrastructure, environmental and energy folks. Uh, there is a uh, talking about climate climate change and our climate IQ uh, capability. So it's just uh, you know it's it's just so mind-boggling that uh, maybe that's the word uh, that everything is so connected. And it's rare to have a tool that can help human beings come together on these complex issues but we are very fortunate to be living at a time when there is this very powerful management system approach that can solve many of the problems that we're facing. And we have um, evidence from agencies, the Western Area Power Administration will be talking next, we're Bonneville Power, Army Corps of Engineers, Air Force, um, uh, Department of Homeland Security, Department of State, these are all advocating this and uh, uh, perhaps we can get some support from them related to establishing a uh, occupational career service for property management. So thank you both for your time. Uh, we've been getting comments that this is a real important topic. So thank you for uh, uh, being willing to discuss this with us. And uh, if you would like to have any final comments, uh, Mike, I, the one thing I, you know, as I thought of this, and you know, it's really a passion from a property management profession uh, perspective. Is you know, we have to have the right people in the right job with the right confidence. So, how do we do that? 
that's where I thought, hey, we need to get a hold of OPM and work together as a team so we can, you know, make a difference. We're with the, with you on that. Yeah. Lindsay? Um, I think this is a, a fabulous initiative um, and we would do everything that we can to help, to help support it because it's, I kind of draw a parallel to um, earlier in my career when I was on a technology path and there wasn't really a path and organizations have done a better job of creating paths for technologists. Um, I think we need a path for asset managers. And I think yes. that that path needs to have steps that mm -hmm. make sense that acknowledge um, individuals career progression and part of career progression is gonna be the training. Right, and it can be all the way from a GS5 all the way up to a senior executive who is responsible for the asset management program for the agency, reporting directly to the agency director. I would love to see that. Yeah, that's so we, uh, We're willing to support that. Thank you, Steve, for bringing up this topic. And thank you, Lindsay, for joining us. And thank you to all of our uh, attendees uh, for your time and engagement with your questions and everybody have a, a good rest of your day. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Lindsay. Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 We hope you enjoyed our podcast and we would like to thank the Andrew James Advisory Group for their sponsorship. For more information about AJAG and their services, please visit www.andrewjamesadvisory.com or email info at andrewjamesadvisory.com. You can find this and other podcasts, videos, papers, and more at assetleadership.net.